1 Peter chapter 3, we've been studying there on a changed life. 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter is basically about a changed life. And uh, we're going to start here in verse 8 tonight, uh, looking at God's Word. Last time, matter of fact, uh, I forget who it was. I was, uh, if y'all remember, of course, last Sunday night we started Vacation Bible School. But before that, uh, it was Father's Day Sunday night. And I did my Father's Day message. And then Sunday night of Father's Day, uh, I preached right here on uh, verses 1 through 7. And it was all about wives being in subjection to your own husbands. And uh, somebody said that was the best Father's Day message I'd ever preached in my life. And, uh, and I said, well, that was great. Why didn't you preach that that morning And uh, about Father's Day? And that verses 1 through 7 of course, is about that you say, why did you pick on the women so much? And, but, but it does flip over in verse 7 to the guys and deal with that. But all right, now, so and then he kind of switches subjects here, and we're going to cover verses 8 through 12. And I just want to talk about, uh, and that is, how to, how to treat other people. You know, Jesus talked about how to treat other people. And even uh, his predecessors in uh, Solomon, one of the wisest men, he wrote several verses in Ecclesiastes and also Proverbs, how to treat other people. And, you know, you would think as a child of God, and once you get saved, we're supposed to treat people with kindness. We're supposed to treat people with uh, 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 love and respect and honor and these kind of things. And, you know, and, and I'm so thankful. Uh, we loaded up. Uh, I was talking to everybody was excited, and there was a real positive spirit about all of our, our campers heading off to camp, and they headed off at 2.30, and Trey was going around, He's and we had 35 registered campers. He was counting, 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 and he counted three or four times. I'm 34. Where's the 35th one? And he finally remembered, oh, we're supposed to pick up Blair in Texarkana. And uh, so that was the 35th. Everybody's working really hard, and I was real proud of all of our uh, uh, campers stepping up this year. All of our sponsors are paying their own way. Everybody's sacrificing and doing and giving, and I'm just so thankful uh, for everybody doing that. Y'all pray for them because we got a, a big crew this year, uh, 600 of them. It'll be a little bit over 600 of them. Uh, Trey and Jason are both the recreation directors and assistant rec- recreation directors, respectively. And then I'm the assistant director of the entire camp. And we'll take over director, being director of the camp next year uh, for a three-year stint. And so pray for the camp. It's West Central. Is the, it's really, even though it says West Central, it covers a bunch of different churches. We've got churches from Louisiana, Mississippi coming this week, and so they really come from all over. But you know, one thing about church camp and having those kids together, and I was thinking about it because uh, Karen was talking about this one, and that's, hey man, this, you know, oh, we have several first-timers like Clayton. They said Clayton, you know, I was talking about Clayton being his first week at church camp, and especially guys, and it's always, it doesn't matter whether a kid gets saved at nine. I was telling a little sister one time, don't, don't think just because your big brother got saved that he's not going to stop being mean to you, okay? <laughs> he's going to still, even though at nine years old he gets saved, 
He's still going to be mean to a sister. I know because I got saved at 10 and I will still mean to my sister. So what I'm trying to say is, is even at camp, some of these kids are lost. Some of these kids are saved, but they still are learning how to treat other people. They're, you know, and even us as saved adults, we're still learning that do we slip off in the flesh and we don't act like we should sometimes, even though we're saved. Even though we're saved, we're so, I've got, I need to love people more. I need to, some people, did you know the Bible says that all talents uh, or gifts like tongues and speaking in tongues and prophecies shall pass away. They faded away. But now about it, this is the last verse of 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and thank you very much. And the greatest of these is because you know, it doesn't say because, but we believe, most people believe, because it's the one that abides forever. You know, our faith will be achieved and our hope will be seen when we get to heaven, but we'll still have love. We'll achieve those other things, but love will be forever. Even in heaven, you will still have love. So, therefore, you and I are still in this body even though you're saved, do we always act 100% of the time the way we should? No. Do we always say what we should say? Do we always do what we should do? We need to treat each other better. Matter of fact, let's read this very first verse, verse 8. It says, finally, be ye all of one mind. Let's just stop there for a second. This group that was scattered because of persecution to be in agreement saying that we need to. It doesn't mean that we always have to agree on everything, but say we all have the same goal. And that's Jesus. We all have the same. Why are we here? Remember what I said this morning? What is the purpose of promised land? What's the purpose of our church? Well, to have fellowship. <laughs> no, that's good. But you say, well, we need to teach the Bible. That's our purpose. No, that's not our purpose. All of these things, fellowship, teaching the Bible, preaching even, is not the purpose of promised land. The purpose of promised land is to see people coming Come into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Meet Him and keep growing. And then, you, how do you do it? How do you keep growing as a child of God? Study the Bible. How do you keep growing as a child of God? You fellowship and encourage each other. Do we keep preaching and singing? Those things encourage you to worship God. And also, if I preach the gospel, people get saved. If you tell your kids and grandkids about Jesus, they get saved. That's our goal. Be of one mind, having compassion one of another, Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. And of course, that both of these mean, of course, if you have a notes in your Bible, you may see some synonyms there. Uh, sympathy, uh, compassionate to one another. Right here in these things, be compassionate, be courteous to one another. Let's just talk about this. Love as brethren. And you know what that basically means? You said, love is brethren. Love is brethren. What does that mean, love is brethren? You know what it means? It means looking out for one another. Looking out for one another. It does. It's like family. I want to look, you know, I'm saying, well, I'll tell you what, don't mess with my family. 
Don't mess with my family now. Matter of fact, Steve brought that out in, in Sunday school. We talk about, you know, our viewpoints, who, who we stick up for sometimes. And it really needs to be, that's the way church membership should. We need to stick together and say, we need to keep our eyes on the prize. If somebody goes astray, would you be willing? What would you be willing to do to find a, a church member that's gone astray? A church member that's gone this way. Be pitiful, that means compassionate. To have pity on somebody. And to say, I, I need to go out of my way to help them. Be courteous. Alright, a courteous, of course, is, is just, you know, thinking about others, putting them ahead of yourself. Not rendering, now here it is, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. <laughs> that is the world, isn't it? Evil for evil, or if you do something to me, if you hit me, guess what? I'm going to hit you back. Alright, Okay. Railing for railing, if you call me a name, I'm going to call you a name back. Matter of fact, uh, I heard somebody one time tell me, it's justifiable if you call me a name for me to hit you. <laughs> no, that's called flesh, world, and backslidden. Okay? That's called immature. <laughs> it is. Jesus was the ultimate example of that. If we're going to follow his example, he's called every name in the book, and he answered, mm, not a word. But most of us don't have that maturity. So, well, I'm not that mature. I can't do that. Sorry, preacher. I'm going to bust you in the chops if you call me a name. But the Bible has something else to say. Don't return evil for evil or railing for railing. So evil for evil is an action. Okay, let's just put it that way. Evil for an evil is an action. Somebody does something bad to you, I'm going to do something bad back. Peter said, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter said, don't return evil for evil. If somebody talks about you, well, that gives me permission to talk about them. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't. Matter of fact, it's probably the most uh, propagated sin in every church and in Ashley County is gossip. Then it goes on to say, all right. Well, but contrary-wise, blessing. We need to return. So if somebody says something bad about me, I need to say something good about them? Yeah, that's really what it means. Then it goes on to say, Knowing that thereunto, that, that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. God says... That uh, God says that there's a reward for behaving this way. There's a reward for being nice to other people when they're not nice to you. There's a reward for returning a blessing instead of a curse to people. And then here's something else. I've I've met people. Uh, that uh, matter of fact, I read this article. I was thinking about maybe putting it in our bulletin, and it's from a, I ran across it, and a fellow had reprinted it from a 1959 church bulletin. Ten ways to kill your church. Ten ways to kill your church. Very interesting. I'll, I'll probably share it in the next. Uh, I don't know which one of the bulletins coming up this month. I give it to Denise, and she'll put it in there. Excellent. 
we and if you do any of these ten things and any combination thereof, you'll kill our church. And uh, of course, you know it's, it's simple stuff. Stuff that you say, well, yeah, duh. Uh, just don't attend. <laughs> you'll kill the church if you don't give. Uh, you'll kill the church if you don't sacrifice, uh, or if you just sit back and say, well, everybody else needs to work but me. You'll kill the church. You know, it's simple stuff like that, but it's called common sense that makes sense in God's Word. All right. Now look real quick to verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days. Now let me stop right there. There's a comma right after the days. And uh, he basically this. He that will love life and see good days. How many of you would sign up for this? I would love to enjoy my life. How many of you would go ahead and raise your hand? I would love to enjoy the rest of my life. Would you like, would you, how many of you would like to suffer the rest of your, anybody, any volunteers that you just want to just despise the rest of your life? Any takers? Okay. All right. Now that's what I'm about to share with you. This is in the Bible. This is good stuff. I'm signing up for the one where I'd like to enjoy the rest of my life. I, I just want to enjoy the rest of my life. I want to enjoy it. Or how would you like to just utterly despise the rest of your You know, so it's a, there's a contrast here. And he's saying, I've got to basically do this. Before I read this, I've got to look for the good in people, the positive in people, I've got to speak kind things. I've got to use my tongue to build people up instead of tear people down. I've got to start, uh, not, I've got to stop complaining, stop criticizing, and stop blowing everybody out of the water and look at myself and look at my own heart. Because it says here, let him refrain his tongue from, and when it says his, it's talking about, uh, they always use plural, uh, masculine nouns to mean everybody. Them. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, him or her, that they speak no guile, which means deceitful anything, anything that's terrible. Just if you, so in other words, if I'm going to enjoy life, like I mentioned this morning, and it was just a simple short paragraph devotion that I read this morning, and he used an illustration, and I love this. Uh, and I, there's two of them I read in my devotional this morning. Nobody ever built a memorial or a statue for a critic. And of course, that's just a simple thing that, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm on, let's name this, uh, uh, this, this sanctuary after the most critical person that our church has ever known. We're not really, nobody will go for that, okay? You know, much less, but nobody does that. And think about this, if I'm going to enjoy life, I've got to say, what can I do? There was this critical person one time, in the 1800s, there was a famous evangelist by the name of Dwight L. Moody. He was the Billy Graham. Now, Billy Graham was the evangelist, would you say this, of the 1900s? That's, oh, do you all ever get confused? 20th century? 19? I always did that. You know, my whole time going to school, the 19s or the 20th century? Of course, now, some of us are still in the 20th century. It's not the 20th century anymore. We're in the 21st century, all right? But anyway, 1800s. 
the Billy Graham of that day, Dwight L. Moody. This fellow walked up to him and uh, he said, he said, I don't approve and don't like your evangelism methods. And Dwight L. Moody didn't, this preacher, this famous preacher, he didn't beat a, he didn't miss a lick. He said, well, tell me, what are your evangelism methods? And he said, well, I don't have any. He said, well, I think I'll stick to mine then, okay? And uh, so, you know, think about that. You walk up to somebody to criticize them about their evangelism methods. Well, what's yours? Well, I really don't have any, but well, I think I'll stick to mine then. But that's, so that's the same thing. If I want to enjoy life, I've got to look for the... Even Solomon said this. You know, if you look at the negative, all is vain, all is vanity, nothing's worth living. until. But it says, under the sun. Remember that phrase? Under the sun. Over and over. But it's when we look up and we see Jesus, we say, life is worth living. And I don't need to look at life all the time and tear people down and rip them and romp them because it says right there, if it says, and that's what literally what it means. When it says there in verse 10, he that will love life, if you want to have a life worth living, you can't stay in the negative. You can't stay in the critical. You can't stay in the complaining because it says it. You've got to be careful about what comes out of your mouth. You've got to be careful about how you treat other people. The whole passage here is about how you treat other people. And then it says, still, I mean, we're in the same context, by the way. How do you interpret Scripture by the same context? Verse 11 is still under the heading, what? He that will love life. If you want to have an enjoyable life, if you want to enjoy the rest of your life, what do you need to do? Let him eschew, shun, put away, Turn aside evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. If you have a synonym in your Bible, it probably says pursue it. So if you want to love life, you will do verse 10 and 11. If you want to enjoy the rest of your life, do verse 10 and 11. Then finally, wrapping up tonight. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Eyes have the eye. Somebody once said the eyes are the window of the soul. And you know, really the eyes, God looks down and He sees what you're going through in your life. But when it says the face of the Lord is against them that do evil, this is what I imagine. God's face. Did you know the Bible says this? God gets angry. Y'all know that it's in the Bible? God gets angry. And it also says this, God chastises those whom He loves. God chastises those whom He loves. Those whom He loves. And if you're saved tonight, he, well, He loves everybody, but He's going to chastise His children. 
There's only one thing God wants for the lost, did you know, to be saved. What else can they do? But if you're saved tonight and you want to enjoy the rest of your life, I need to say, I need to stop being critical. I need to stop. I need to start being more kind. I need to start lifting other people up. I need to guard what I say. Because, not because Brother Michael said so, but he pointed out some scriptures and they said so. It's not a, y'all know, I've preached that for, and really I've preached that for 30 years now, okay? Not just the eight years I've been here. My track record's much longer than eight, okay? And you just, it's right here. It's not about me. I've never preached me. It's about what this word says. Right here in black and white. And it's the words of Jesus, red and white. For the face of, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. I, I tell you what. Before we have a, a hymn of invitation. And matter of fact, uh, I tell you what, Brother Norman, don't, don't pick out a song, Miss Dean. I'm just going to ask you to come up here and just, just, just play tonight. Maybe there's somebody you just want to come pray at the altar, and and uh, and I'll get up there where you can see me behind that screen and tell you that uh, when we're done. And I thank you, but maybe you just want to pray, and you just want to pray that our church would be in in unity and in one accord, and and our church would pray for our families. Maybe you want to pray for our country with this being the I told you this morning the most patriotic thing you can do is pray for our country. Most patriotic thing you can do. And there's, we have some staunch patriots in here, and I'm so, so proud. And folks, I won't, I won't, if our church is known for anything, whoa, they have great fellowship at Promised Land. That's good, but I want our church to be known for our love. Our love. Our love for Jesus our love for each other.